What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Noah, we have a special guest today. Would you like to introduce him? We do. A fellow Chicago Bulls fan. Uh, you know, a fellow IU Hoosier, just like you and me, Colin. Uh, I want to welcome on to the podcast, Mr. Dan Aguilar. Dan, how you feeling tonight? Pretty good. Bulls got a nice little win. Uh, a little closer than I would have liked to see it, but a win nonetheless. Dan, were you offended by the way Noah said fellow Bulls fan? Kind of clumping himself in with us? That that felt a little no, weird, I, right? No, I did not clump myself in with you guys. I would not yeah, want to be clumped yeah, in. Right, pal. Kind of seems like he wants to be considering, a Bulls fan, you know, like a little shamed. Considering the Pacers' uh, pretty awful season so far, I think uh, I can see why. I'm kind of ready for the Pacers to just tank this year. <laughs> like, uh, I'm all down for it. We let TJ Warren and Kaos Revert both get a full offseason. We get a top 10 pick. Boom. Championship team. I don't, I don't know what a top 10 pick does for you, though, because you're not in rebuilding mood. I'm just saying. Uh, I think a top 10 pick just gives us more talent and, like, no other way we could find that amount of talent, you know? Do you know the uh, Pacers are are the only team to not have a top five pick in the, like, 40 years or something? Yep. That's what mediocrity will get you. Isn't that cool? Just good enough to make the playoffs, never good enough to win a series, but good enough to never get in the lottery. Kind of a vicious uh, cycle, maybe. honestly. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dan, we're stoked to have you on the podcast. I, I hear that you're a longtime listener, seasoned veteran in all things that are bench chatter. So, you know, why don't we just dive right in? Your thoughts on one of the biggest storylines coming out of this week, the Atlanta Hawks fire their head coach, Lloyd Pierce. Just initially, yeah. what are your thoughts? And maybe we could give some background on it, you know? Yeah, I was honestly pretty surprised um, when I heard the news. But then I was even more surprised to hear that the reason he was fired is because several of the players on the team went to management and asked them to uh, get a new head coach. Kind of surprising to me, considering they're a young team and he's kind of a young head coach. It kind of seemed like a good fit that they were going to figure it out together. But uh, mm-hmm. I guess there was a mutiny. Not sure what happened there. Yeah, I think him and um, Trey Young actually had like a little falling out. And that's not a good recipe for your all-star point guard to not be friendly with the head coach. But the Hawks, they're 14-20 and 20 right now. Um, they fired Lord Pier- Lloyd Pierce. Uh, Nate McMillan is sliding over as interim head coach. Uh, do you like that move, Dan? Uh, getting a, you know, a vet like Nate McMillan to coach that Hawks team for the rest of the season? Uh, well, Nate McMuffin uh, was a pretty good coach <laughs> for the Pacers. I mean, he'll get you into the playoffs, but I don't know if he'll get you very far into the playoffs. He's a good yeah. coach for a Hawks team that's kind of trying to figure it out. Maybe like a vet would work on a young team, kind of like how we saw Tom Thibodeau come to the Knicks, kind of change the culture there. They're seeing some success, so maybe the Hawks are trying something similar because I think the talent's there. Uh, maybe they just need a head coach who kind of has a system in place that can kind of give them a direction. Yeah, Nate's a defensive-minded coach, too. So I think that that will do good for the um, Hawks to really get their defense uh, laid down. Because, you know, do you really have to coach an offense out there when you have a guy like Trey Young? Uh, so I think hiring Nate was a good move on their part. But I'm kind of just, like, more disappointed than surprised in this move. Uh, me and Colin kind of predicted that Lloyd Pierce might be one of the first coaches on the hot seat was, if the Hawks didn't get off to such a great start. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was our like kind of final consensus answer in our preseason episode that most hot seat was Lloyd Pierce. Yeah, So and he was the second I, coach fired this season. You did. No. And I'm just sitting here kind of baffled right now by the Hawks and their um, GN Travis Shank. Um, he, he Travis Shank came out and said he wanted Lloyd Pierce. He said he was his guy. But I think the firing of Lloyd Pierce is a little more of a like deflection move than anything else, really. I think it's to get the pressure off Travis Shank. 
And mm-hmm. I just want to know, Dan, what did you think of their like off-season acquisitions this year? You know, they got Gallinari, they got Bogdan, who's been hurt. Um, they got Chris Dunn, who I'm actually kind of a bigger fan of than I think the average NBA player is. And then they got Rondo. What did you think when you saw those moves? Were you thinking those were positive moves for the Hawks? Uh, at the point guard, at the point guard position, I would say so. Trey Young's a guy who, you know, is an offensive anomaly. He just goes off, uh, and then kind of just doesn't try on the other end of the court when it comes to defense. Bringing Chris Dunn in, uh, and even Rondo in his older age, they're kind of defensive-minded uh, point guards. They're more focused on uh, that end of the court, not so much the offensive part. So I think that they're a good counterpart to Trey Young off the bench. So I like those moves, but bringing in Gallon. Gallinari, I'm not so sure. I mean, he's a veteran, um, but they're not really, I feel like Gallinari is better for a team that's looking for that, that extra piece, you know, like a championship team, like, or a contender that's looking for an extra guy off the bench to provide some solid, some solid offense. But I'm not sure what was, what contract did they give him? Did they give him a pretty bad contract? He's on a three year, 61 and a half million contract. Yeah, that's a little too much for me. And then, so you go first, Colin. I'm going to say, yeah, what I'm going to say about the Gallinari move is, honestly, I was fine with a, a team like the Hawks bringing a Gallinari in if you don't have a guy like John Collins. Like, you already had the guy that you wanted Gallinari to be. You know, why try to replace him while he's, he's already in the door? You know, I think f- for them it would have been so much more beneficial to just dump that money into John Collins, who's 23 years old and looking like he could be a, a you know, one or two time all-star in the future than a 32 year old guy who's, you know, been on every other team in the NBA. It just, it, it's fine if you don't ha- already have the pieces around him. And it's not like Gallinari is getting a lot of minutes. He's getting 20 minutes a game and getting paid 20 million a year. That feels uh, feels like a bad contract to me. Yeah, I'm also pretty confused with the whole John Collins situation. You know, I think um, the fact that they didn't re-sign him to an extension after his rookie deal when they had the opportunity to is kind of confusing because I think if both parties wanted to come back, they would have had a deal in place already. So I'm wondering, like, do the Hawks not see this guy in their future? Do they see him in their future? Because... I can think of multiple teams that would be foaming at the mouth to get John Collins. Um, how do you feel about that situation, Dan? Uh, you know what? I think maybe their concern is injuries. You look at last season, he played half the games. He played 41 games. Um, maybe, there's, maybe they're thinking this guy can't stay healthy. Uh, a lot of teams have been burned by guys who looked like they were going to be good. Young guys couldn't really stay healthy, and then the team committed to him and it just didn't pan out. So maybe that was something they were concerned about. Yeah. What um what kind of contract do you think John Collins could field this offseason? Because the Hawks do have the opportunity to match, but how much money do you think he could get out on the market? That's a tough question. I think a team, like a young team, would take a flyer on him and pay him a lot of money. And based on the fact that the Hawks didn't offer him a contract extension, maybe they wouldn't match it if it was uh, a little too much. Do you see him nice. getting something like upwards of 20 mil plus this offseason? I would say so. He's so young. He's 23 years old. I, I can definitely see a team paying him that much, if not more. Yeah, I was going to say, I think my prediction is he gets like four years, 25 mil a year. Maybe maybe like a five year if if they're going for over a hundred mil, but yeah, for just the way the NBA is set up right now, to have your your four putting up the kind of numbers that John Collins putting up, and keeping you know the part that blows me away about how talented this kid is is he's shooting thirty nine percent in the last two seasons from three. You know, taking three and a half attempts, not a crazy amount, but still enough. Stretches the floor, plays really solid defense, is a natural scorer, gets the boards. I don't see how he doesn't get paid this offseason. Yeah. How would you feel about uh, John Collins getting onto the Chicago Bulls, Dan? Because that's something uh, me and Colin have discussed before. 
I like it. I, I like him as a replacement for Lowry because a perfect example, Lowry hasn't really been able to stay healthy. And when he has been healthy, other than his sophomore season in the NBA, he hasn't really been very impressive. So I think a little a little swap, maybe someone else takes Lowry, maybe we let him walk, maybe we do a sign and trade or something. Um, I think John Collins could maybe be a, a nice replacement for that because he's still young. It's not like we're going with a older guy who has you know, a better skill set. We're going with a guy who's young, who's looking like maybe what we thought Lowry was going to be with his, you know, great three-point shooting, ability to space the floor, uh, and even a better rebounder than Lowry, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So do you think Lowry has uh, gone this offseason? Do you think the Bulls will let him walk? Honestly, I think Arturas Karnisova draft this guy so i'm thinking there's a good possibility that that happens yes interesting yeah i i kind of think he does too because we offered him a, a contract a decently sized contract for the numbers he's put up and and he said no so i've heard rumors that he wants out of chicago for like the last year and a half anyways so i'm low-key surprised he hasn't been traded but i think a lot of that is just the injuries so yeah, I, I can't say I'll be. I'd honestly maybe be okay real. with starting Thad Young. Yeah, for real. Thad's been so phenomenal. Yeah, I kind of like the Bulls team playing smaller too, like with a uh, two forwards, like Otto Porter and Patrick Williams instead of Laurie Markkinen at the four. I think it helps. Uh, yeah, well, I think it helps Zach Levine's game out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Otto is definitely gone this off season. Yeah, I hope. I mean, so. unless he's willing to take like a like really small contract i mean the man's already been paid way more than he ever should have for probably an entire career in one contract so i feel like he's just gonna go wherever is best fitted for him maybe a little bit regardless of price um but speaking of the bulls uh a little bit of bittersweet news coming out this week chicago bulls great joakim noah retires officially from the NBA after playing with the Clippers at the bubble last year and saying he was open to joining a team, but what? Hello? As a Chicago Bull, I think he did for the Bulls, the NBA, because for a good four or five year span, he was one of the most dynamic figures in the NBA. Dan, as a lifelong Chicago Bulls fan, what are some of your favorite memories of Joakim Noah? Um, I vividly remember when the Bulls played the Cavs, I think it was the 2015 season in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first games in Chicago, there was some chippiness happening um, between the teams and Joakim Noah actually shoved LeBron James onto the floor. Uh, I was watching it at a restaurant and one, one gentleman stood up and said, shouted, welcome to Chicago, bitch. <laughs> and uh, I think I that kind that. of just embodies what he was about. I mean, Joakim Noah was Chicago, uh, the fire he played with, um, you know, not only with the basketball, like trying and hustling and just being the, energy guy out there but also the heart uh building up his teammates uh even i mean he was one of the uh, better passing big men in the game i mean he was a perfect team player um energy guy i think he was he just embodied the city of chicago yeah i think that's a perfect way to describe joakim noah as a young kid growing up watching the bulls i mean that was really when the first time in our lifetimes that the Bulls were ultra competitive and, you know, you woke up thinking the Bulls every single day had a chance at really making a run in the playoffs. Um, obviously, injuries and LeBron going to Miami ultimately stopped that from happening. But I still remember the Boston Celtics series in 2008, 2009. I believe it was Derek Rose's like rookie year, maybe his sophomore season. But we come in with like a seven seed. Nobody expected 
expects us to do anything, and we take the Celtics to seven. And Joakim Noah has an all-time moment. The clip has been surfacing uh, across the internet. But in game six, it's do or die. The Bulls are down three to two in the series. And Noah strips Paul Pierce. So Noah strips Paul Pierce, goes coast to coast, hammers it home for the and one. Just an absolute sickly moment. Starts screaming to the crowd. It's just, he was so much fun to watch. Noah, how do you remember Noah? Yeah, so I remember those Bulls teams pretty um, vividly during Joakim Noah's times because that was when I was really getting into the NBA. And for maybe our less informed or younger listeners, I just wanted to talk about Joakim Noah's 2013-2014 to season, which I think is absolutely insane what he did that year. Um, so this is the year that Derrick Rose blew his knee out 10 games into the season. Um, Luol Deng only played 23 games that year for the Bulls, and then he got traded. And in that year, Joakim Noah won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he was the first-team All-NBA center, and he came fourth in MB- MVP voting behind KD, LeBron, and Blake Griffin. And Noah was – I remember the season, and he was honestly just willing the Bulls. Like, it felt like on his own that year. Um, He averaged 12 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 1.5 blocks, and 1.2 steals. And he was the first center to lead his team in assists since Wadi Divac. And I feel like even seven, uh, just seven years ago, it was still like a really big deal for a center to be like playmaking and handling the ball as well as Joakim Noah did. And he had 14 assists in a single game, which was the most by a bull center and the most by a center since 1986. And that year in March, he finished with 120 assists for the month, and that was the most by that was the most by a center since Wilt Chamberlain did it in uh, like 1986, I think. And so he was low-key the best passing big man we had seen in like 30 years when in that 2013-2014 season. So absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah, I had pulled out the stat the other day that uh, upon the 2013-2014 season happening, Noah finished with an average of 5.4 assists per game, which was the sixth highest single season total uh, of all time from the center position. And the only others to do to average 5.4 or more are Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain, Lacey, and Alvin Adams. I mean, those are three like all-time greats that we're talking about right there. And the first season in which that had happened since like 1980. So it had been like 35 years since somebody had averaged that many assists from the center position. Now, since then, we've seen Jokic and Sabonis do it, and we've seen a handful of other guys starting to get close because that's becoming sort of the norm for the center or your big man to be able to pass. Do you guys think that Joakim Noah like revolutionized the center position? Is is there a chance? I would say he revolutionized one part of it. So the passing part, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's something that Joakim Noah became known for. One thing he definitely did not, uh, you know, help the revolution with in the center position was uh shooting (laughs) he was not a good shooter at all so he had like he had a one piece of the you know ideal center for 2020 2021 but uh he was definitely missing that shooting part and one more thing about his uh 2013-14 season he only missed two games that season and was averaging 35 minutes per game so he was consistently putting up these passing numbers which i find i find very impressive at the center position, especially that early on. It's like pretty cool that he got like recognized as doing that well too. Cause like his stats for that season really don't pop off the page. But if you watched a bulls game, you knew that like Joakim Noah was this team's like guy. Yeah. Well, the yeah, award absolutely. itself, most, most valuable player, what value, like how, how much are you contributing to your team's success and how successful is your team? MVP doesn't have to be the best player in the league. 
it just has to be the a player that is most valuable to his team. And I think Joakim Noah fit that definition perfectly that season. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for that team to win 48 games is kind of insane. And nobody on that team averaged more than 20 points a game. Yeah, they had the 28th best offense, but the second best defense. That'll do it. I Tom had um, too. Yeah, I had another like pretty uh, memorable moment that I remember for Joakim Noah too, and I think it was in 2013, Game Seven against the Nets. Um, the Bulls didn't have Derrick Rose, they didn't have Kirk Heinrich, and they didn't have Luol Deng. Uh, the starting backcourt for that game was Nate Robinson and Marco Bellinelli, and yes, sir. before the game. Before the game, uh, Joakim Noah was questionable with plantar fasciitis, and he guaranteed a Game 7 win against the Nets while playing with plantar fasciitis. And in that game, he played 41 minutes, had 24 points, 14 rebounds, 6 blocks, 2 assists, and the dub. So, like, I really vividly remember that game still, and kind of crazy how much, like, he truly impacted that Bulls team. Give it to him. You want to know what you want to give. You want to know what one, one of my other favorite memories, Colin? We actually talked about it pretty recently. Uh, does it have to do with uh, the Cavaliers and where they are based out of? Yeah. Why don't you explain to the listeners uh, what Joakim Noah said about the city of Cleveland? <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen it, you should just go watch the video. But very candidly, uh, somebody had asked him about a statement he had said in, in which he had said that he'd never heard of anybody that went on vacation to Cleveland in the, amidst a playoff series against Cleveland while, you know, LeBron is on them. And he responds, well, have you? And then the, he, he starts kind of a, a fake argument amongst himself about how nobody's ever gone to Cleveland for vacation and he doesn't regret it because he'd much rather go to anywhere else but cleveland it's quite amusing dan have you seen it i'm sure i have seen that uh yeah joakim noah's just genuine hatred for the city of cleveland and the cavaliers i think has been apparent and that, that even speaks to the the moment i talked about earlier where in the playoff series against the Cavs, there was a lot of chippiness and I, I kind of like that. I kind of want to bring back some more rivalries in the uh, in the Central Division on the Eastern Conference. I want to see some more, you know, Bulls-Cavs rivalry. I want to see some more Bulls-Pacers, uh, even the Bucks too. I'd like to see some more Central mm-hmm. uh, Division rivalries. Yeah, everyone's a little too friendly nowadays. So that's what I was going to say. So in the second half of that same press conference, they they talk about, they ask him if, if he cares about how much he gets booed because he said all those things. And he said, I love getting booed and that like, it just brings him like so much joy to get booed. And that, um, you know, and then somebody had asked him if it was the most they'd ever booed him. And he goes, ah, they don't really like me out in Boston either, but it's okay. <laughs> and it's just, it was so dope because you could just tell, like he was such a competitor that he just like hated the opposition so much so much that he would do anything it took to win. Yeah. I actually found a, I actually found a really good video clip today and it's from um, a Celtics Bulls playoff series and Kate uh, Noah apparently looked up to Kevin Garnett as a player and he tried to model his game yeah. after him. And in the playoff game, KG backs down uh, Joakim Noah and shoots a fadeaway mid-range, makes it. And on the way back down the court, Noah says, KG, you got to teach me that move. And KG responds, get off my dick, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. So so I've I've heard that story before, too. And what I heard was was that, like, they were at the free – somebody else was shooting free throws, and they were lined up next to each other. And he had asked him – he was like, KG, like – like, you're like, my idol, like, can I get some advice? And he just goes, fuck off. <laughs> and I, uh, like, I think Noah, t- Noah was on, like, part of my take, like, a year ago, and I think he, he said it then. But 
Yeah, it's just funny. I mean, all-time trash talker. He definitely picked it up after then. Yeah. He, he would badmouth anybody. He did not give a shit. He was a bad man out there. Yeah, you could see how him modeling KG as a player did. Like, you could see it in just, like, the intensity he brought to the court, too. Because when KG was out on the court, he was, like, that guy you did not want to mess with. And I kind of felt the same way about Joakim Noah. Like, no one looked forward to getting guarded by Joakim Noah. No. No, not at all. I mean, what Noah did so well on defense was the switches. Because he, he could guard, well, I'll call it, like, two through five. You know, some of those real little guys he would have trouble with sometimes, but he could still get out on the perimeter and defend, which, is, you know, is insane for a guy who stands at seven feet tall. Is as thick as he was. Yeah, right, I any, was... Uh, um, last comments on Noah. Do you, you, some last comments do you think he, um, he, he said he wants to retire a bull, like he has plans on coming back and officially retiring with the Bulls. Um, do you think there would be any consideration in retiring his number or no because of the players that have had numbers retired by the Bulls? Wondering if you guys thought that there's any chance Joakim Noah gets his jersey retired by the Bulls or no because of the players that the Bulls have retired? You can go mm -hmm. first, Dan. I think although I kind of got into basketball after like around when Derrick Rose got hurt and after he got hurt and I don't share the same love and affection for him as some Bulls fans that have been around longer um I would say if Derrick Rose hasn't had his jersey retired by the Bulls yet I don't think that Noah should have his retired by the Bulls either yeah I mean I don't know I you can, I feel like you can only retire so many jerseys I think if we were a less storied franchise, absolutely. But given our history and who we are and who we've had, I think it's tough for a team that never even made a, the jersey of a guy, second best player, maybe third, when, when our best team was truly healthy. So, I don't know. Like, as a fan, I would love for him to be retired. I think that would be an awesome way to pay homage to, to what he did in time in Chicago, but nah. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I think the Bulls only have, like, what, like six guys retired, and only three of them are players. Yeah, I think it's it's. Jordan I did not know that. Pippen, I think um, a guy named Bob, Bob Love. And yeah. And Jerry Sloan, I think, are, are retired. It would be kind of cool if Joakim Noah got his number retired because then the Bulls would have 13, 23, and 33 retired. This is kind of dope. Interesting. Harden uh, got his jersey retired by the Rockets, or he's going to have it retired by the Rockets. Yeah. See, how, do, how do you feel about that? Sense. That's that, that seems a little too much. Uh, really? You know, as Colin said, it's got to mean something. I, I think if you were to start retiring everyone's jersey, you know, every, you know, the best player on every semi successful team's jersey, that's, it's going to start not to mean anything. Uh, I think it's a little premature to give James Harden a jersey retire for the Rockets. I don't think uh, it is. The only way I think it's premature is that he's still in the league. I think mm -hmm. you should wait to retire jerseys until, like, a guy retires himself, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, he he made the Houston Rockets a contender for basically a decade. He won I an agree. MVP with them. You know, like, like, the only reason I think Derrick Rose might not get his jersey retired is because his stint was so short of where he was actually elite. Like, he was only elite for, for three seasons, really. And then after that, it it was just constantly him being slowed down. I think even if that's five seasons, I think he gets his jersey retired. So I don't mind it. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind James Harden getting his jersey retired, honestly, either. I think it was going to happen one way or not. 
Alrighty, well, speaking of James Harden, should we do this little all-star draft that we have cooked up? Noah, <clears throat> do you want to explain what we're doing here? Yeah, so tomorrow, uh, LeBron and KD are going to be officially picking their teams for this all-star game, and I thought that we should beat them to it, and Colin and Dan will draft all-star teams, and I'll be the judge of who I think would win the game. And since you're the guest, Dan... Do you want to be KD or do you want to be LeBron? I'll let you pick. Uh, this almost seems like a lose-lose because I'm not a LeBron fan and everyone knows KD is a big old snake. Uh, but I think it's I'm going to have to be LeBron. Okay. Yes, let's go. I wanted to be KD. I hate LeBron. He's so stupid. And ugly. <laughs> All right. And then, so I have a coin in my hand. Dan, since you're the guest, I'll let you choose head or tails and we'll decide who gets to go first. Tails never fails, baby. All right. That's facts. I'm flipping it. Tails too. All right. It was heads. So, Colin, you get first pick in the draft. And we're going to pick out of the mm. starter pool, and then we're going to pick out mm. of the reserves pool once we've exhausted the starters. All right. I pick LeBron. All right. Who's <laughs> your second pick? That was easy. That was an easy money pick because now anybody that LeBron drafts is automatically on my team. Play chess, not checkers, baby. All right, I, I actually, I don't think I, I can't pick LeBron, right? No, because you are LeBron. No, I'm not LeBron. Oh, yeah, you're Kevin I'm Durant. Kate no, Durant. you can't pick LeBron. Why would you be able to? Damn it. Well, that'd be kind of funny, you know, like if like, we're able to draft the other guy, but like, you know. Um, alrighty. Um, is, is there any way in which we're, we're basing this off of, or is it purely just like I'm building my team? I'm gonna look at your team, and I'm gonna you, tell you which you're team's look better. At my team and, and tell me which team is better. Okay. Yeah, you can draft anyone uh, you want. Alrighty. Well, since this is an All Star game, then uh, with the first pick, I'm going to take Steph Curry. Okay. Interesting. All right, Dan. Writing these down. No, I got you. Oh, you got me. Thank you. Dan, who's All gonna right. who's gonna be uh, the first person join in Team LeBron? Quick question: Is this a snake draft? No. Okay. Oh, it's just it's even though KD's involved. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that was nice. Um, did, Dan, did you, you like just ask that question so that you can make that joke, or like were you curious? It actually came to me as I asked the question. Oh, mm, <laughs> that's yeah, beautiful like story, pal. Like yes. story. <laughs> yeah, that one written down. Okay, so. LeBron, who would LeBron pick? Let's see. Uh, you know, Steph Curry was the first drafted. I think LeBron will take another point guard. I think LeBron's going to take Kyrie Irving, steal, Ooh, steal KD's okay. teammate. I like that right. spicy. Wait, yeah, That's... I I like that pick. Wait, so in this hypothetical, am I still? Does KD get himself, or do I get like? Do I have to? I have to start somebody else. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, no. We'll assume KD's starting because we'll someone will just KD's replace starting. him. Okay. Okay, because Jason Tatum is going to be his replacement as a starter. Um, I want Giannis. Oh, not going to lie. I think Team Collins out to the early lead. Yeah, let's go. Let's get it, Dan. You idiot. You let me win. I'm All so right. Good. Um. Let's see who can who can guard Giannis here. I'm gonna go with Mr. Kawhi Leonard. Yes, sir. Got to get the claw to guard Giannis. Kiwi. I like that pick, Mr. Kiwi. Hmm. Alrighty. Uh, you know, what? since this is an All Star game, uh, who do we want? Who do we want? It's it's one of these two guys. Flip a coin. Luca is still on the board. Yeah, Luca. Yeah, no. I'm gonna take the Joker. Okay. Longer than he'd expect. All right, Dan. You gotta guard a seven foot tall Serbian man. Who are you gonna counter with that? I might take him beat if you don't. I'm gonna go with a. I, a six foot six, I believe, tall Slovenian man. The only thing that can yes, be the Serbian is Slovenian. Yes, so I'm going to say 
Mr. Doncic. All right. Hmm. Okay. So I could just take Embiid, and then I just have all Please of the seven-foot Please do. Please do. We're playing small ball. And then you'd be screwed. Uh, but the, as everybody knows, the All-Star game is all about three-point shooting. So I will take Bradley Beal, and you can have Embiid. Mm, interesting that Embiid fell. It's surprising to me. I mean, Dan, do you want Embiid? You can just opt not to have him. You could just have four people. Uh, he's Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a crybaby, but uh, I think we'll take him. All right. Yeah, but he also asked Rihanna on a date, and she said no. So, like, you got to feel for the guy. <laughs> he's a young king. <laughs> All right, so Colin's starting lineup is KD, Steph Curry, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, and Bradley Beal. Dan's starting lineup is LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and Embiid. Ooh, I think off first glance, I think I like Colin's team better. But the reserves is where this will be won and lost. So, yeah. Noah, would would you like my team more if I took Embiid? It was really a, a coin flip in my head between Embiid and the Joker. No, I'm I'm a bigger fan of Jokic than Embiid. Okay, okay, that's good, good. I think in an All Star setting, too, having a guy that is willing to pass a bunch, yeah, is huge. Because Embiid could take like thirty shots in, in an All Star game, like he wouldn't care. He'll do it. Yeah, you also have Giannis, so uh, yeah, that's exactly. a pretty. <laughs> All right, so who gets first pick from the reserves? Well, since Who'd I you... got the first pick, yeah, Dan, give Dan, Dan first, first pick of the reserves. Pick, yeah, and Dan, we're we're putting Devin Booker in instead of Anthony Davis. So just be aware right. of that. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to do it to KD, and I'm going to have to take his other teammate in James yeah. Harden. Yes, sir. This is pretty darn obvious. I feel like you have to do that, right? Like, Harden yeah. is clearly... He's the best reserve there. Yeah. All right, Colin. I just I want to put it out there. Harden is better this season than Kyrie and Brad Beal. Like, almost hands down. Yeah, I agree. But people just won't, wouldn't... People didn't want to start him because of all the drama at the beginning of the year, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, we, I feel... Oh, okay. Okay, if if Harden is the clear number one choice, then I feel like there's a very clear number two choice. And that is another guy that should have been in a starting lineup, and that's Damian Lillard. Yes, sir. I know online there were a lot of people upset that Dame lost out to Luka for the last spot in the West, which honestly, when I first heard it, I was like, man, like who cares? And yet you do, you do a little research, you dig a little deeper and you're like, ah, you got a case. You have a case. And mostly based on the fact that the Blazers are much higher in the standings than the Mavs are. Yeah. Dame really put his team on the back when CJ and Nurk went out. And like, I'm pretty surprised they didn't just drown. They stayed afloat. They did more than stay afloat. They rose up. All righty, Dan. Who's your next pick? Oh, all right. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a younger gentleman here. Happy birthday to Jason Tatum. It's his birthday today. Good pick. Taco J. Good for him. Yes, it's his 23rd birthday, so... If you're listening, Jason, happy birthday. Happy birthday, right. Jason. 23 is kind of a lame birthday. Not the, it is kind of lame. Anybody can turn 23. Anybody can turn it's 23. It's Jordan year, big bro. Special. It's Jordan year. Yeah, it LeBron is. LeBron year. That's actually a fact. Um, wow. Okay, it starts to get a little bit. Dense. I can't believe Zach Levine hasn't been taken yet. If he was listening right now, he would be so offended. Hey, shut up. He is. Dude. I'm you're sorry, Zach. Like, oh, my God. Shut the... Noah, are you serious right now? You're ruining my moment of literally everything I was just preparing to say. Alrighty. You cut everything that's happened so far for the last, like, 50 minutes. Just start with this. So, 
I think one of the things you have to consider when in, you're drafting for an all-star game of who's been there, like who who really like cares and who is like going to show up and be like, I am here, I'm an all-star. So I think for that reason, like first-time all-stars just have a, a little bit of an extra pizzazz. They really want to make sure that they get theirs. And, you know, who better than Chicago Bowl legend Zach Levine, he's won the slam dunk champion twice. He's averaged in 28 and a half, five and five. It's insane. Get him on my team. I want him. He, he seems like the guy Colin that could like, that will come out wanting to win that MVP award. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think he, I think he's going to put up like 15 shots Mm-hmm. and he's wet. So that's good. Yeah, because he and definitely wants reason. to prove that, like, he deserves to be there with the other guys, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's why I picked him. The only reason I'm okay with the, with the fact that I did not take Zach Levine is that if a fellow Bulls fan took Zach Levine instead. Yeah. Also, it was Tatum's birthday today. So, like, if it was, like, any other day, you would have picked Levine, right? Like, you were just... Yeah, like, I had to like, do it. Yeah. Happy fair, birthday. Yeah. What did Tatum get you for your birthday? Uh, he got me a, a 10-day contract with the Celtics. I had to decline it because I couldn't do that, you know, Uh-oh. to my hometown yeah, goals. No, that, yeah, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I'd turn down $40,000, too. Like, who needs that? Not me. Not um, this guy. 10 days of work? No way, Jose. All right, Tatum. Who's going to be your 10th pick? <laughs> or your 8th pick, sorry. You know, uh, the list gets a little bit thinner here. No one's really jumping out to me. The one who is, is actually Donovan Mitchell, just because he is the best player on one of the best teams this season. And I think That's he nice. deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, yeah. I like the team he's on. I like the system he's on. He's a player who can get hot. Uh, I think he's definitely an all-star. He's got great dunks. Uh, he can shoot the three. So I'd like to have him on my team. Okay. Um, I'm liking Dan's bench so far. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I think that pick could have been better though. I think Colin could, I think Colin might get you on this pick. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I got to go with a big man here and really build up the front court. Cause I think that the guards, generally on this list can all score so you know who is is gonna do it in in the front court and there's really two names that are popping out but i i think i have to go with a guy that i actually i put on my, my personal snub list i thought he was gonna get snubbed but in considering the list i gotta go with vooch I think that Vooch is going to be formidable. I think he's going to be phenomenal. And I I love him. I like that pick. I I thought you were going to go a different guy, but I do like that pick. Got the two Euro centers. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, Dan, back to Um, you. I'm just realizing I may have made a grave error that I only have one Eastern European player on my team in college. Yeah, you already lost, so. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you could fix it, kind of. I'm looking at this list here. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, Noah. We have Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, and Zion Williamson remaining. And Demontis Sabonis. Uh, is he technically Eastern European? Because he grew up in America. But I'd consider it. I, I'll, I'll add it onto your tab, Dan, if you take him. Does he have an accent? Kinda. Oh, oh when you Google him, oh, that's it says not a good answer. Uh, Lithuanian American. Okay. Uh, that counts, Dan, that, if you want to take counts. my guy. That definitely counts. Uh, you could have that little hyphen Eastern with American there. I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah, a good point. You know what? I, I kind of want to have a guy out here with something to prove. A first-time All-Star. 
nah, who's been the best player on a team Julius, that's had moderate Julius, success. Julius. I'm going with the, I'm going with uh, Orange Julius. Yes, sir. I love that pick. I'm really happy Julius Randall made it. Honestly, I'm glad he got recognition because he he's having a crazy season. Yeah, no, he does. All right, I I got a little scared that this guy was gonna get taken, but if we're talking about first time All Stars. Zion Williamson is going to come down with some crazy dunks in this game. It's going to be hella fun to watch, and I want him on my team. That's a good pick. Oh, okay. there's still some steals left, boys. This is the make or break right now, these last three I mean, picks. We are, like, drafting only all-stars, so, like, you feel pretty decent about every single pick you make. I'm yeah, kind of surprised he, he fell to me. I was kind of looking at him earlier. Going to have to go with the book of the Phoenix Suns. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Give me Pandemic P then. Yes, sir. I'm surprised he fell this far. Come on, boys. I'm taking Paul George over Devin Booker all day. Yes. Fuck you, Dan. Never come on this podcast again. We really just set this up so me and Colin could just parade Dan after he picked his team. Dan, you you fucking moron. You know what? LeBron, I hope you're listening to this podcast. Just draft this exact team and show these fools who the better oh, team is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, pal. Yeah. Please. Hey, KD, if you're listening to this, which I know you do, draft this team. All right, Dan. He's listening to it on his burner account. I think you're between <laughs> Jalen Brown, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Ben Simmons, and Domantas Sabonis. Yeah. You know, I I don't have too much size off my bench, but I don't know if a big man's the best pick here. Um, Do you want my professional opinion? You're the judge, dude. I'm li- oh my dude, god, I, dude, this thing's rigged. I'm pissed. I think <laughs> I I want to see a little duo, a little uh, Celtics duo action. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Okay. That's that's solid. That's fun. Um, Colin's going to win off this pick, guaranteed. Yeah, dude. Okay. You know what? Mm-hmm. You know what? I think that, oddly enough, this guy might have the most to prove in this All-Star game. And that's Chris Paul. Oh I'm, I'm going to go with the 11. Oh, you did not like that pick. Wow. No, I think it's fun. That goes into account. I like, I like that Paul. pick. I'm glad Chris Paul made it. The Chris Paul effect is so real with the yeah, Suns no, this season. He absolutely deserved it. They're, they're second in the NBA right now. Think about that. Whew. All right. I think we're between Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, and Sabonis. I don't know how he ended off with three, but I guess uh, that'll well, make it's sense. It's because KD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing. Sorry. Yeah, so okay. Like an extra. All right, Dan, who do you want here? I'm trying to find out if the chemistry between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is stronger than the chemistry between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Um, Fair enough. Tonight, the Jazz and the Sixers played each other, and uh, I thought the Jazz were going to win, but I was proven wrong, and the Sixers won. So I'm going to take Ben Simmons. Good pick. I think in an all-star game, a guy who has the versatility of Ben Simmons is a really big factor. Yeah, yeah if he decides he wants to play it. offense. Yeah. Hey, Paul, his it. passing is his best offensive skill, and he has plenty of scores out there already. He can guard yeah, one through sure. five. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he can guard one through five. He might not, though. He might guard zero. All right, Con. Facts. Who's your pick? Um. And so, like, the other guy's just, like, not going to make it. Like, he's just going to be, like, caught. Yeah, he, he just like, goes off into limbo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sabonis or Rudy Gobert? Are you going to break my heart? You know what's better, Noah, than two Eastern Europeans? I don't two know. Two and a half Eastern Europeans. So, for that exact reason, Let's I'll go. with Sabonis, in my humble opinion, he deserved this nomination. Uh, 100%. I, I don't think that it, it should have come at the um, replacement level. Um, I, I really enjoy what 
he's been able to do for the Pacers so far this year. So I'll I'll give him the nod. And, Thank you. Uh, we'll we'll see you later, Rudy. You sure know how to you're, play you're, towards your judge. You're you're a fringe <laughs> all star anyway. All right. Oh, no, do you like the Pacers? I do like my Pacers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't. All right. So I'll read these team offs. I'll read these teams off. I'll run the simulations, and then we get on out of here. So oh, Colin's yeah. team, Team Durant. He's got KD, Steph, Giannis, Jokic, Bradley Beal, Dame Lillard, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Zion, Paul George, Chris Paul, and Sabonis. That's a pretty good team. Um, Team LeBron, Team LeBron, a.k.a. Team Dan, has LeBron, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, and Ben Simmons. Mm. That is tough. I think I like Dan's starting five more than Collins. You told me at the break that you liked my starting five better. Hey, it flipped. It flipped. Uh, I looked at Dan's again, and he has Kawhi, Luka, and LeBron. Um but I'm running the simulations right now. Out of a hundred times, uh, I think I think Khan's team wins like fifty-five, forty-five. Um, I think Dan really. I think Kyrie could have been a little later, Dan, and I think Donovan Mitchell got taken a little high, honestly. But you know, you tried your best, bud. Yeah. It's all about the chemistry. It's all about the chemistry, and we're taking chemistry away from the snake, Kevin Durant, by stealing his teammate. Teammates. Yeah, but he, well, you did yeah, give him Giannis, and Giannis is kind of a anomaly in the equation, you know. True. Yeah. Yeah, and I have Steph. So honestly, as Kevin Durant in this situation, I'm not even playing the other like eleven players on my team. Like it's just gonna be KD, Giannis, and Steph on the floor. And then if the ball ever goes out of bounds, Jokic will do the inbounds play. <laughs> I like that. You could probably beat Dan's team, honestly. Yeah, Dan's team is dog shit, dude. Who would who would want these guys? Dan, thank you for coming on the podcast. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything you're working on? Anything that you want to broadcast to the listener? You have 15 seconds. Uh, no, just want to say thanks for having me on. Uh, enjoyed talking basketball with you guys. Hope you'll have me on again. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, as, as thanks for coming on, Dan. You were our third official guest, and you were ten times better than Jack Eagleton. And that's really no. all the only <laughs> thing that matters. That is, yeah, that's how we measure it. Are you better than Jack Eagleton? Yes. Hey, that's a low bar. Congratulations. Yeah, no, it's it's like buried. Like we buried the bar. It's not even at the floor. <laughs> all righty, that'll be it. We'll we'll see you guys on Sunday. See you guys. Bye.